0: You could be anywhere doing anything, but you're hanging out with us and we appreciate that. So wherever you're listening and however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Game Plan Podcast. Alex Goodwin is my name. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. Again, that's on Twitter at Alex Goodwin TSM. That's T as in tacos, S as in sangria, M as in margaritas. Joining me again, the big homie. Sendlawpreps.com. The man, the myth, the legend, Lamar Gaffin. What's going on today, dog?
1: Man, just chilling, man. Just, you know, having fun right here. <clears throat> Getting ready to see some uh, high school football. It's championship week for us here in Louisiana. Man, it's just a great time, man. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So as we were come, trying to come up with today's show and we've got a lot to talk about, not a lot to talk about in terms of diversity of subject matter, just in terms of nuance in one very dense subject matter, you know, because me and Lamar were trying to put the show together. Well, what do we talk about? What do we talk about? What do we talk about? Like we really are scraping the plate here for y'all. We want y'all to know that. Right. And there's only one topic that really that we knew we were going to talk about. So hell, let's do it. Like Southern's band, band announcer said, two, four, six, eight. Let's get country like Jackson state. Boy, when he <laughs> said that, that just always reminds me of one thing, right? Black band announcers. Oh, they going to talk cash the entire time. Whether they team up 30, down 30, game tied, they going to talk that hot cash. But like I said, let's talk about this Deion Sanders thing. So like most of us, predicted, Deion Sanders is gone. Deion Sanders took himself and one of his sons to Colorado for a five-year, $30 million contract. Now, there are a lot of people and a lot of different uh, differing opinions on this, and this is a very nuanced and dense topic, like I mentioned at the top here, and it's a nuanced and dense topic, not just interracially, but intraracially, if that makes sense. So... Lamar, and correct me if I'm wrong here, there are a lot of people who <clears throat> feel like Deion Sanders used HBCUs. Would you say that's a fair sentiment?
1: I wouldn't say used, but the platform really did help them as far as getting that exposure and trying to get a new job. I will say this. There are some good things that he has done with the HBCUs that you know, especially with Jackson State since he's been there. And, of course, one of them has been elevating their, I guess, just elevating and magnifying what they've been able to do since he's been there. Um, You know, getting them on television, their exposure, for example. You know, getting them on television. People are starting to talk about them a whole a lot more and everything else like that. Um, So at least there's something that he has done with that. But we got to do... When he, you know, when he, when he came in and we took this job, we had a feeling that it was going to be in three years. He was probably going to go. He was probably going to go for some other good job, whether it be Power Five School or another attractive group of five school that's probably in the American Athletic Conference, whichever one it was.
0: So. Let me kind of like start to break this down. Like I said, it's a very nuanced conversation. I kind of want to like go through it in layers, kind of peel the onion back. So there are, in my opinion, people who believe that they are not upset that Deion Sanders went out and got another job. They are upset that Deion Sanders sold them wolf tickets. Now, I argue that Deion Sanders only sold you wolf tickets if you were willing to put your head in the sand and put your hand out and buy them. Because the signs were there the entire time. That this was a stepping stone for this dude. Day one the signs were there. And here's why I say. And there's a fair argument that Deion Sanders used HBCUs. Right. Fair argument. Mm-hmm. So it's long been known. For like 9-10 years. That Deion Sanders has wanted to be a power 5. FBS football coach. But no one. Would take him seriously. Take Deion Sanders' calls, Even consider Deion Sanders. And you know why that was, Lamar? Why Why's that? Deion Sanders didn't have a degree. So you can't coach at the college level if you don't have a degree. So what did Deion Sanders do to get himself a degree? He took a couple of classes at Talladega College at HBCU in Talladega, Alabama, that most of you guys probably didn't know existed until I said it right now, and then got himself a degree. After he has his degree, people still aren't taking Deion Sanders seriously only one person was willing to take Deion Sanders seriously. And that was Ashley Robinson, AD at Jackson State. And so Deion Sanders gets that Jackson State job. But the moment Deion Sanders gets that Jackson State job, Deion Sanders is on first take and talking to anybody that will listen that God sent him to uplift HBCUs. You know, and that's, it's his mission to build something special at Jackson State and that he's going to show people you ain't got to go to a big white school to go to the NFL. And he's saying all of this, that, and the third, right? All the while, prior to September 2020, Deion Sanders had no serious affiliation with a historically black college university. All the while, Deion Sanders has still always made it known that he wants to be a FBS Power 5 head coach. So from the beginning, he was talking out of both sides of his mouth, and that gave me serious pause because for the, from that beginning, I said, this dude is not going to be here very long. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, right? So... There were always people, a loud vocal minority when all this was going on with Deion Sanders, who looked at him and said, hey, 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 this dude full of it. He playing you. This dude is not here. He here for a good time, not a long time. This dude is not here to be Eddie Robinson. And he don't have to be Eddie Robinson. You know what I'm saying? Like if Deion Sanders just came in through the door and told people, hey, I am here to coach football. I am, you know, I'm here to coach football. That's it. People would have been cool. But Deion Sanders came out here trying to sell people dreams and wrote checks that his ass had no intention on actually cashing, right? You sold yourself like you was going to be here to some people, and some people actually bought it. And now the big issue I have that comes up in this is that when Dion's, when other people allowed vocal minority push back and are like, yo, man, this dude ain't in this to help HBCUs. This dude ain't in this to uplift folks. He ain't in this, you know, with all this savior talk, Dion is doing Dion in this for him. Dion pushes back on everybody else, right? Talking about like, like y'all just hating and all this, that, and the third. And so that's where all this he ain't swack stuff comes up, right? And what I think Eddie Robertson Jr. was trying to say was he ain't swack means he ain't really committed to this. He ain't in this for the swag. He ain't in this for HBCUs. He ain't in this for him. That's what I think Eddie Robertson Jr. was saying, right? Because and I, I can say this from experience, I spent my entire life, like my early pre-adolescent years, and basically every piece of food I've ever eaten in my life was made possible from a HBCU check from either Prairie View A&M, but Texas Southern University. If people out of black school, they not out of black school for the money, they not out of black school for the resources of what the school can do for them, they're at a black school because of what they can do in service of the students, Right? How you can be of service to other people. Because sure, you could be making more money at other places. Sure, you could be doing other things that wouldn't be as stressful and things like that. But being at an HBCU inherently is about service, right? So mm-hmm. the whole he ain't swack conversation ain't about wins and losses, right? Cause there are some people, Clarence Hill, he made the point where what do y'all mean? He ain't swack. He won two swack championships. They had an undefeated season and all that other stuff. Is that swacky enough for you? I'm like, yo, man, being swack, this ain't got nothing to do with no football, man. Cause if you ask most people, HBCU alums, people who follow the SWAC to me. At most people can, do not know or do not care who won the last seven A SWAC championships. Because, and some people might be like, "Well, why is that?" Well, because we got more problems and more trouble keeping the lights on at the school, man. This is fun, this is cute, and all, all that, but ain't nobody really that worried about this, right? Them folks who are at historically black colleges universities, coaches, everybody else, generally and otherwise, you hear because you are in service to the students, so. That's the reason it rings kind of hollow and people looking at Deion kind of funny. When Deion is talking about all that, I am swag, what you mean? I'm not swag all the while having one foot out the door the entire time, all the while he's talking all of this. I'm here to uplift HBCUs. I'm going to build something special at Jackson state. Last year, he interviewed at Texas Christian and interviewed at Colorado state. So had TCU offered him that job, he probably would have been gone last year. And so, like I said, the deal is not that Deion Sanders got another job. For a lot of people, the deal is that he didn't keep it all the way funky. If you just here to be a football coach and use it as a stepping stone, that's cool, but don't be out here. Don't sell people dreams. Do not. Does that make sense? I I feel like I I said a lot, but does that make does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and I think that does make a lot of sense because I think you know, of course, a lot of people have been talking about the blowback here about you know, you know, he he played everybody and all that stuff, and you know, I do. Understand where you're coming from with that, and I do also understand what you also what you just said too about, oh man. Well, you know, I thought he's gonna be committed, you know, but I was, of course, committed for the long haul. And of course, a lot of people kept on saying, "Well, you see, you see, he he should he she should have just stayed behind and blah 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 and etc cetera, etc," cetera. which a lot of people in other jobs were likely just gonna always. You know, they see a better job. They're going to leave. They're going to leave for one, but also be honest with it too. That's what I would say to him in this case as well. I was looking at Twitter, I think yesterday, um, Saturday, uh, Sunday morning about it. And there was somebody who had said that Deion is like a, it was like a, I think it was like a young black guy that had said this, that he said that Deion Sanders has done more for the swag than any other football coach. And I'm like, excuse
0: me. What the, yeah. hold on, hold on, wait, 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 what, what the, what? Yo, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Was this somebody that just found out what the swack was when Deion Sanders got that job two years ago? Because like, does the, name, I, I, does the name Eddie Robinson ring a bell to you? What? Like, oh my God. Oh God. And I think, I think that's part of the problem. I think some people are having two different discussions here, right? Mm-hmm some people are like, man, he got a bigger and better job. You know what I'm saying? Why y'all mad? He got a bigger and better job. You know, it's making $300,000, making $5 million. Deion Sanders is rich. Okay? He's rich. And Deion Sanders said this, you know, ain't about the money. And like I said, I nobody I think has an issue with that man going out here and chasing his dream of being a power five head coach. More power to you. But do not. I, I think, like I said, the way he went about it. Coming in up front. Talking about it. How you gonna effectively be save HBCU football, like and save HBCUs and do all this other stuff. Like you are not you are not Jesus Christ, my brother. Number one. And number two, I think there are a lot of people who rightfully looked at him was like, yo, man, this, this. This I don't, I don't trust this dude, because if you've ever been at a historically black college or university. Just mm-hmm. for a long enough period of time, you have seen people come into these spaces. Who didn't go to school, didn't go to HBCUs and talk about how much they want to help and God put it on their heart to help us and all that other stuff. And when you when it really comes down to it, whenever those money, whenever that those resources, or whoever it was that hired them, whenever they're gone, that person's gone too. Uh-huh. So that's why people looked at Dion like, yo, man, this dude's a snake oil salesman. And also, all the while Dion claims to have been trying to uplift other HBCUs and all this other stuff. Meanwhile, he's talking down. About other schools, he's pulling out of the Southern Heritage Classic. Talking about, well, we in this to make money now. If it don't make no money for us, we ain't really, we don't really want to do it anymore. Not realizing, yo, man, HBCU football. This is we. This is not about making no money. You know what I'm saying? This is. Th- this isn't that.
1: Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And I'll, I'll even say this. Now, the good thing is, he has done some things. For the conference in terms of elevating uh, like elevating exposure since he's been there but they were still getting nationally televised games in the past the Bayou Classic is still nationally televised on NBC you know it's back on the on the main channel of, of NBC has been on NBC for the longest time um, a lot of obviously some of the swag games and even media games I mean, granted, most of those games you do see on ESPN, U, ESPN Plus, ESPN three, but they do show at least a little bit of a concern effort of showing some of those games uh, on 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 television, especially when you have Max the MiAX Swag Challenge to start off the year. That's always on ESPN two. Celebration Bowl is on ABC is on, as always on the e- uh, ESPN family of networks. Even the Heritage Bowl or the Celebration Bowl was on the, uh, on national televised. I want to say probably on NBC. I want to say. So it still has had a good footing there. Now, I mean, let's not try to make him out to anything more than what he is as this. Oh, uh, I'm saved the conference guy and all that different type of stuff. He's done some things. He's done some good things. Can't forget about you know you you can't deny that. We can't deny that. However, he wasn't the first. It's not gonna be the last. And I just also hope two, two things about this, and I'll say I'll even start off with this. One, taking the job at Colorado, I hope he knows what he's doing, man, because Woo! yeah that sounds like a hard job there man
0: yeah and i'm i'm, I'm, I'm gonna touch on that in a hot second because there's like one more point i want to make here maybe two so an okay. argument i had heard made you know or bandied about in the last couple of days well that Dion sanders getting this job this will help other black hbcu coaches get your head out of the clouds so i'm gonna run a few things down lamar there ha- are now okay. three coaches that have been able to parlay an HBCU coaching job into a PWI FBS job. The first was Willie Jeffries going from South Carolina State to Wichita State. The second was in 2016 with Jay Hobson going from Alcorn to Southern Mississippi. And this last one was Deion Sanders going from Jackson State to Colorado. You want to know the interesting thing about Jay Hobson, Lamar?
1: <laughs> lay it on me too, for all the viewers that are listening to this
0: jay hobson is a white man so basically over the past in the past over the past 50 years in order to get an fbs head coaching job from a historically black college or university you either have to a be a white man or b be an nfl hall of famer with a cult of personality who has a knack for self-promotion And 99.99% of the coaches in the history of the SWAC are neither of those two things. So who (laughs) does that really actually help? That helps you and you alone. You know what I'm saying? This ain't going to create no more opportunities for Willie Simmons. Is it? At at Florida A&M? This ain't going to create no more opportunities for Dawson Odoms, who's at Norfolk State now. This ain't and a good damn great,
1: good
0: a, a damn good head coach. You think about it, man. Dawson Odoms, I think won like seventy five percent of his games in the swag while he was at Southern. And the best he could do in terms of getting a new job was go to Norfolk State. When nobody breaking down their door to get him. Willie Simmons has gone twenty seven and seven over his fast over the past three full seasons at FAMU. Ain't nobody knocking his damn door down. You know what I'm saying? Broderick Fobbs won nine games in 2015, won 11 games in 2016, and won 12 games in 2017 while he was at Grambling State. Went to two Celebration Bowls. Mm-hmm. A white coach wins has three seasons like that. People are knocking down his damn door. I think the best he could do was maybe get an interview at Nichols State. This helped Deion Sanders and Deion Sanders alone in terms of we're talking about this conversation about head coaches. This helped him, period. Like this, like Deion Sanders and his own unique abilities. That's who this is going to help. You know, now my next question is this, right? And I think we talked about this last year because last year when Travis Hunter signed with Jackson State, almost really almost a year ago, basically, I asked the question, if and when Deion Sanders leaves, because I knew he would, right? And again, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Ain't nobody really tripping about that. But is all this going to stop all this going at all this go to HBCU sh- going to stop? Because my whole thing the whole time was this, right? If you had an HBCU, you you there because you really want to be there. You not there oh. for the facilities, for the fancy schmancy facilities or because they got a barbershop in the athletic building. You are there because you love the school. and You want to be there. You know what I'm saying? Because my feeling yeah. is ultimately what this is going to turn into and what this this has been. We're going to look back 20, 25, 30 years from now and be like, it's going to be like a 30 for 30. It's going to be like, hey man, you remember that time Deion Sanders coached at a black school for like two or three years? Yeah, man. That was that was, that was that was a fun little time. And, that, and, and be it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I think is going to happen. And that is like 9 I'm 98% sure of that. And again, that's okay. Because at black schools, to be 100% honest with you, we only really want people there who want to be there. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Like, you know, if you're going to use this, like there are a whole lot of people who went to Prairie View for a period of time. Who, and they went to Prairie View because they couldn't get a t- get into Texas A&M or somewhere like that. Like, oh, I'm only here because I couldn't get into Texas A&M. Well, man, we really don't want your ass here at all. You can get the hell on the out of here. We really don't want you here. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're going to be here, you're going to be complaining the whole damn time. We'd rather not have you here at all. If you're going to be at a black school, the whole thing is you are here because you see the value in being here. You're here because you want to be of service to other people. You're here because you want to be around people of your culture.
1: Man.
0: So, now that we've said all that, we can talk about where he's going, like you kind of alluded to Lamar. So I think this is one of the toughest jobs in America. Yeah. Like, objectively speaking, like, I think it probably would have been an easier job for him to go to Florida Atlantic or University of South Florida, where there's, where he is, has much more of a natural recruiting base. Mm-hmm. You know, like selling co- Boulder, Colorado is very, very difficult for a couple of reasons. Chief among them, Boulder, Colorado is like 1% black. One and I'm not sure. Do you remember that? Uh, thirty for thirty. ESPN did on Bill McCartney, the Gospel According to Mac, the last real coach to have Colorado in yeah, a place. Kind of, of, yeah, 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 yeah. For for folks who don't know, Bill McCartney, the last Colorado coach, the only Colorado coach to win them a national championship. And something that they mentioned in that documentary was that the racism that those players faced in Boulder, Colorado. So in a place like that. That has a history of racial hostility. And and now, of course, there's a whole lot of us be like, has a history of racial hostility that can be described as damn near 75% of America. Right. Uh But a place that is 1% black. How do you sell 17 and 18 year olds on 1% black? Well, you know, you know, well, you know, that weed is legal in Colorado. So maybe that might, you know, I don't (laughs) know. Maybe that'll help them take their mind off of it. I'm not sure. But. I don't like a job like this is a tough job, a very, very tough job, real tough. And Mm -hmm. like we've said, me and you, Lamar, we've had this conversation on air, off air. People do not have patience for black coaches. So how good does Colorado expect to be? If the people don't know, tell the folks the last time anybody really gave a damn or last time anybody really noticed Colorado football. When was that? (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was probably one of the darkest moments for Colorado and probably one of the best moments for you, Monsieur Goodwin. Uh The 2005 Big 12 championship game when the University of Texas hung 70. That's right. 70 points on Colorado. Beat them 70 to 3. And since 70 to 3, Colorado
0: has been... 2 and 10, 6 and 7, 5 and 7, 3 and 9, 5 and 7, 3 and 10, 1 and eleven, four 4 and 8, 2 and 10, 4 and 9, 10 and 4. The sunshine on a dog's ass. 5 and 7, <laughs> 5 and 7, 5 and 7, 4 and 2, 4 and 8, 1 and 11. And the thing about a job like this is, D.I. got one of the raggediest jobs in the Power 5. Like, Colorado, and you know it's a raggedy-ass job when even white dudes don't want it. Colorado, I think, has hired four straight black coaches. Deion Sanders, Carl Durrell, Mel Tucker, John Emery. The white man looking around like, hell no, we don't want this job. Y'all better hand this job off to Jerome or something. Look, I, I can't have this job on my resume. This, like the Colorado job is, at this point, damn near the equivalent, the equivalent of the Houston Texans job. It is damn near the minority coaching scholarship job. You know what I'm talking about? They're hiring black coaches like they're trying to get a, them an NAACP image award or something like that.
1: Exactly. And that is the big question about that. Because on the surface, it does not look good. Because, obviously... I mean, there is a reason why, like you said, that even before McCartney came there, that this was a program that really didn't have the most success. And then even now afterwards, that they have not had the most success even at that point since then. I mean, they have not won a bowl game since 2004, by the way. too. that's another thing. But still, it's kind of just crazy about it because it's like, if there's only one good thing about this job, you don't have to worry about USC, UCLA in the Pac-12 after 2004, uh, after 2024. Like you don't have to worry about them being in this conference. Now it kind of levels out the playing fields, but the only problem is there's still heavy hitters in that conference. Utah is still there, Oregon is still there, Washington is still pretty decent. And I'm pretty sure not having USC or UCLA is probably going to help out one of those Arizona schools because obviously, hey, you know, better weather out there. I mean, let's just not say, you know, Cal and Stanford, because obviously those are different schools. Those are different schools that rely on academics a whole lot more than anything else. But even though those two schools have really shown to be very well as well. It's still going to be hard. It's still going to be very hard. And I just hope that he knows what he's doing because he can get Shadir and get him there. He can get Justin Hunter and get him there too. But now what are you going to do as far as that? And I'm pretty sure more players are probably going to want to come there because, Oh, I get a chance to be around Dion. Dion's very charismatic. Those Prime is very, uh, yeah, of course he has, he has basically. The, the that could light up a whole room and all that stuff and also he's a hall of famer that's another thing but still what's gonna happen though if let's just say after year two he has that second straight three and nine season or something else like that who else is gonna come there
0: and i'd also like to point out this right when you know sometimes you know when white folks bring us into places are like yeah yeah you know bring all the swagger and all the whatever the case happened to be right they cool with all that as long as he win it you yep. think them white folks are going to be cool with the fact that now they've loosened up their transfer rules opened up the budget for a whole bunch of spending for an unconventional coach with an unconventional path who's only been coaching college football for 3 years they are probably going to be little on patience. Little, Who want to, I'm out for that? Oh, it's to me. Ah. I think we alluded to this last week, but uh, we're gonna see how well he can actually coach. And here's what I mean by that: when they were. When he was coaching at Jackson State, he was able to bring in transfer wise so many power five drop downs, dudes who were at bigger schools who were probably third and fourth on the depth chart. But I'll tell you this, and I'm pretty sure it was very obvious to a lot of people, third or fourth stringers at a place like South Carolina or Florida or Miami or wherever the case happened to be. You put those dudes who weren't, who couldn't cut it at Alabama in the swag and they're going to wreck shop. They are. Physic, like just more physically talented than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's kind of like you, 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 you know, in high school football, you've seen games. Lamar, you've been a journalist a long time where there's just a guy on the field where they just like hand him the ball. Yep. And that's it. Lots. Just ain't, look, nobody out here is Vince Lombardi, anything of the sort. They just got one or two really good players and they're more physically gifted than everyone else out there. And there's a huge, mm-hmm. huge gap in talent. That huge gap in talent for the last 20 some odd years of Colorado has been tilted in favor of Colorado's opposition. Yep. You know, so who he hires as his coordinators, who he hires as the strength coach, who he hires is going to be the most important thing here, you know, because, and the reason I'm saying that is because right now, most coaches, when they hire them, they have some sort of expertise that people can kind of lean on. Right. So Steve Sarkeesian, what does he do Lamar? Coach's offense. He's he can scheme. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh Brett Venables got that job at Oklahoma, and it, it might get kind of hairy if, the, if, if they don't pick it up to eight, eight, and four, nine and three next year, but Britt Venables is a defensive guy, right?
1: Yep. And recruit.
0: Yeah. Deion Sanders, I think we assume he's a defensive guy because he played defensive back, right? Mm-hmm. But You get where I'm going, but I think that's one of those things because Dion never has been a power five, been an assistant coach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly.
1: So is he going to come? go go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, my bad. I was going to say how much he delegates to those assistants is going to be one thing because, like you said, all right, coming into the FCS and doing this at Jackson State, Barry Green is one thing. Now you're not just only doing this in the f b s and we're not just saying at a group of five schools like like Toledo or something like that, you are doing this in the power five at at Colorado where it means more it it means more sorry s e c, but it like like I say it it just <laughs> means more like the money's there, the money's there. the money's there, and you know. You want results and you want results quick because, you know, shoot, you got coach, you got play programs firing coaches just because they're eight and four. Now I'm pretty sure Colorado knows where they're at at, the, at this point in time. You know, I'm pretty sure that they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll be happy with a string of seven and five or, or eight and four seasons just because it's been bad for a long time, but still. He's got to nail these things. He has to nail these things. He has to do pretty well with these things.
0: And now I do have kind of this one thought because people have been asking, well, what happens to historically black colleges and universities? What happens to us? What happens to HBCU football? And I keep telling people, well, we're we going to keep doing what we've always been doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, we was playing good ball before Deion Sanders showed up. Willie Simmons was doing good things at FAMU before that. Them boys at South Carolina State was doing was doing they thing. North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T, they've been balling. They've been putting good things together. You know what I'm talking about? Mm. We'll be fine. You know what I'm saying? We will be okay. But again, this kind of brings me to another, like I guess, point people tried to make online was that Deion Sanders maybe would have stayed if HBCU alums would give more. And I'm here to tell you that is the most ridiculous surface-level thing I've heard in this entire discussion because one racial wealth gap, income inequality. Who does the student debt crisis affect more black people The white high school dropout has a higher net worth than the black college graduate. The median household income for a black family is under $46,000. What money do most black people have to give back to their institution when they're trying to pay their rent. And I think that's why there are so many black people that are really angry and really irritated and really frustrated. And a lot of those arguments are coming from other black people. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the thing is, at white some of them folks who went to white schools, especially that little meatball-built, no-neck-having dude who went to Texas A&M, <coughs> they spending all... If, we wanted, if they wanted to keep coach prime they could have you know more donations more this side and the third if black schools are getting donations this ain't going towards the athletic building this is right. going towards student housing this is going towards hiring more folks in financial aid this is going towards upkeep this is going towards infrastructure the rest of this is extra the rest of this is all extra like i promise you i would love for prairie view a to be great at football i really would i'd you know, I'm much more concerned about housing for students on campus. I'm much more concerned about, you know, more academic programs for the students. I'm much more concerned about all those different sorts of things. Infrastructure. Making sure we make mm-hmm. sure our accreditation ain't, ain't messed up. Making sure we got money for our programs. Football is the last thing on my mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's the first thing people see, but it's the last thing on most of
1: our minds. Hey, can I Can I add one more thing, too? Yeah, go ahead. Go on ahead. Yeah, I want to also say this to the national media as well. And I just want to say that same energy that you have been doing that everybody has been doing as far as like showcasing the HBCUs now because of Dion being there and, and all that. I want y'all to continue keeping up that same energy now that he's gone. Like I want not just only ESPN but also other newspaper outlets Other, other, other television stations, all that good stuff. I just want y'all to continue to show that. Just show those good teams and all that stuff. And I'm not just saying put a game on ESPN every single day, every single, you know, every single week. I'm not just saying that, but I am saying at least talk about them, throw them, throw them a little bit of a bone whenever they can. Not just make it just be like, all right, Jackson State did this. Jackson State did this. Jackson State did this. If you really want to do something, if you really want to grow the sport, grow it. And by introducing a lot of other people, OK, why should people care about the history of Rambling football? Why should people care about the history of Southern football? Why should people care about the history of U? Why should people care about the history of Delaware State, et cetera, et cetera? And not just only in football, but also some of the other sports as well. I just want those same mainstream media places. And I know other places like HBCU game day, they're doing a very good job with this. But I just also want some of those mainstream medias just to kind of, you know, keep that same energy. I mean, like you said, the product is still going to be good. It's still going to be there no matter what happens. I couldn't have
0: said it better myself. I think we've covered everything, Lamar. I think we have.
1: I think we have too. Are you sure you don't want to talk about your BFF, uh, Hugh Freeze? I mean, I
0: mean, I I don't know if I should talk about Hugh Freeze because Hugh Freeze might be reading, or when we put this episode out, Hugh Freeze might be tapped in like the feds. Okay, (laughs) look, dog. They, and for those of you guys who do not know, Hugh Freeze is the new coach at Auburn. Hugh Freeze, who previously was the coach at Liberty, Hugh Freeze, who had to, we ended up at Liberty. Because he got fired at Ole Miss for calling sex workers on his state-issued cell phone. That Hugh Freeze. That Hugh Freeze. That Hugh Freeze who sends text messages and tweets and sends direct messages on Twitter to people he does not know. At all hours of the day. Yes, I got a random direct message from Hugh Freeze once.
1: That same Hugh Freeze that also once coached the the football game from a hospital bed.
0: Oh, my God. Yes, he was strapped to that bed like Hannibal Lecter. Oh, my God. (laughs) That Hugh Freeze. So I better not say nothing crazy about Hugh Freeze. Because I might get another direct message from Hugh Freeze talking about bless you, brother.
1: (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. That's a, that's a good deal. I, I, you won't say nothing about Hugh Freeze. I promise not to say anything about Lamar Thomas.
0: Well, it's not even. Well, I, I've I've seen I tweeted about Hugh Freeze the other week, and I said the first Hugh, Hugh Freeze's first order of business is going to be to hire an analyst to comb through all the times Hugh Freeze is mentioned on Twitter, day in day out. And yo, matter of fact, yo, did you know in his contract with Auburn. They made him give up control of his Twitter account because they know he'd be sending random people messages. <laughs> it, look, Hugh Freeze, they better make sure. Hugh, I hope Hugh Freeze has learned to buy a burner phone. <laughs> I hope he has. I hope. I oh, hope yes. Because <sighs> if not, we going to find out Hugh Freeze was down at Strokers in Atlanta when he was trying to recruit. <laughs> let me find out Hugh Freeze at Magic City. Or, ma- matter of fact, let me back up. Let me back up. Magic City might not be his cup of tea, given you know some of his inclination. We might see Hugh Freeze at I don't know what do they call the little Bars, titsies or you know, <laughs> you know, yeah. one of them. We 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 Hugh Freeze might be caught in one of those. One of those. But. We are out of time here on the Game Player Podcast. Lamar Gafford, my dog. I want to appreciate you for hanging out, man. Where can they find you on Twitter? Where can they find you on all your social media? Where can they find your work, dog? All
1: right. You can find me on Twitter at Lamar Gafford. That's, once again, at Lamar Gafford, all one word. You can find me on Instagram, primetime2832. Also, you can catch some of our writings on sinlawpreps.com So, of course, a lot of good things that we're going to have coming out. Um, I will also have a preview about the LSHA prep classic coming up too. Not just only on the website, but also on, um, sblive.com. That's scorebooklive.com. So shout out to the good folks over there as well. You know, just trying to keep busy. You know, that's all I'm trying to do. All
0: right. All right. You know, I definitely feel you, man. We definitely going to send out your links, man. Just send them to me. We'll send it out to the people. Make sure to support you. Like you've always supported the show. You can find me. On Twitter, at Alex Goodwin, TSM. Again, that's on Twitter, Alex Goodwin, TSMT, as in Tom, S as in Sanders, like Dion Sanders, M as in Marmalade. Wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we appreciate you guys for listening. For Lamar Gafford, my name is Alex Goodwin. This has been the Game Plan Podcast. We will see you guys next time.